0: Welcome to The Tech Trek, where technology leaders share their insights, experiences, and views. Every week, I bring you a new guest. And on today's episode...
1: My name is Harish Parwani. Uh, I'm the vice president of platform engineering at CarGurus. CarGurus is the largest destination for buyers and sellers to find used cars uh, in the country. We're traditionally been a marketplace, but now moving into the digital transaction space with things like Sell My Car, uh, which allows you to sell your cars through our site to multiple dealers instead of just going to a single dealer. I run platform engineering here, responsible for all of our developer experience teams, our site reliability teams, database reliability teams, platform as a service, and our core infrastructure teams.
0: Thank you for being on the show. Uh, Super excited to have you. I know we're going to be talking about shared services, something that um, is kind of core to what you do. I know we're going to cover a few different areas within shared services. I guess just to start off and kind of just establish, you know, things in terms of your team and and what shared services means to you in terms of how you guys are using it, that that probably be a good starting point.
1: Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, And thank you for having me on the show. Uh, Just to give a little more context, you know, Shared services is another name, and and there are a lot of different variations of the name, platform engineering, shared services, developer-facing infrastructure. Back in the days, this used to be called uh, application service providers and and other names. So uh, fairly common responsibilities. Uh, So you'll hear me use some of those terms uh, synonymously and interchangeably uh, during our call. In terms of shared services, responsibilities... I would say at a very high 30,000 foot overview, look at it as teams that will help your core product uh, focus, product development teams go quicker, faster, more secure, and they could be in the forms uh, in the form of shared components that they're building. It could be in the form of shared platforms uh, or could be something very specific around pipelines, infrastructure. Uh, How are we going to use the cloud? How do you run on the cloud, etc.? So um, shared services by itself has a very, very wide gamut. Um, I've previously run shared services teams that have focused on front-end platforms to allow folks to develop the micro front-ends quicker, faster, all the way to teams that have focused on cloud center of engineering as a shared platform. So you could run your services on Um, either a single cloud or multiple cloud in a shared services fashion.
0: I guess we, you know, this this episode, we're going to talk about maybe two aspects. One, kind of where to start if you want to establish shared services and, and kind of, you know, areas of opportunity. And the other is what happens when you yourself are, you know, already you know, in flight, and, and you might go through an M and A, or you might have to deal with incorporating a, a different uh, organization and, and some of the challenges. But I guess let's start at the beginning. You know, let, let, let's say obviously, is you're responsible for shared services. If you don't have shared services, right? You haven't gone to the point in, in your development maturation as a company where you need it. What are some of the signs where, hey, you know what, shared services could be a good good solution to a problem
1: if you realize that you're duplicating work. If you realize that your teams are not able to focus on their core competencies. Um, so, for example, if you have a f- very front end focused team having to worry about how my front ends are going to be built and deployed uh, and consumed and uh, you know updating infrastructure behind those things. Uh, If if you're in an area where you're really spending more time and money and not really getting the returns on those uh, the way you would imagine to, probably a good reason is because there's duplication of efforts. You've not looked at consolidating things into a shared services platform. You know, uh, some other signs are Competing stacks, competing technologies, you know, where one part of the business might be super excited about uh, running a a Java stack versus another part, running a mean stack versus the third part, which swears by Kotlin and, and everything that's associated with it. I think those are great areas and great signs for any leader to recognize that we've been effective so far, not... Because we don't have a shared services engineering team, but we've been effective despite not having a shared services engineering team. So I, I would really go and say that you know, if you have those problems, yes, you've you might have been able to move fast in the initial stages uh, of those teams just because you're honing onto what the teams already know. But you'll realize that the speed of change is now decelerating very, very rapidly. And I think that's a real telltale sign of the fact that either we we don't have things in a standardized fashion, or we're missing shared services or a platform team that will help consolidate and pick duplications that, that are happening within the organization, or even inefficiencies that are happening across the organization. And this goes not just on your developer sort of core tooling, frameworks. Um, but, but sort of also infrastructure tools, platform tools you use to even things around monitoring and observability. You'll often realize that you're using a different tool set to do same things that um, you're trying to accomplish in different parts of the company, depending on which team is doing most of the heavy lifting here. So I would say those are the signs that I would you know keep an eye out on. Uh obviously if you've had wider issues around security threats, et cetera, um, you know, that's a clear red flag that you haven't invested or haven't looked at shared services or platform teams as uh the right path to move to.
0: Very nice. And I guess as you let's say see those opportunities and you want to put together your shared services team, what's the impact on the you know the other engineering teams? Obviously they probably have some inefficiencies, they've taken on some things that they shouldn't have. What happens to the other engineering teams when shared services comes in? Sure. So uh,
1: there'll be two effects you'll see. Um, you'll either see, hey, thank God we love this and, and jubilation or, or or the counterside to that is, uh, oh my God, why are we doing this, right? You know, what did I do wrong that is uh, that is defining the need for a shared services engineering team to come in? So I want to make sure as we're looking at making these changes and introducing a shared services team, uh, you really talk about clarity and sort of roles and responsibilities, because that's going to be very important for the current teams. Both because now, instead of working in a nucleus that they've worked in the past, they'll need to sort of closely coordinate and have dependencies on the shared services team. Uh, and two is, obviously, you're, you're growing a new team. It's a new way of doing things. There's cultural changes that will come with it. Uh, so you've got to keep those things in mind as you're setting this up. These are some of the things that sort of I would say just be on the lookout for from a positive perspective. I think it's a lot of it's the inverse of some of the issues that I spoke about earlier. You know if you've put the right investment in the shared services team, you know you should see improvements in speed, right You should see happier developers because now they can focus on the things that they really care and love about. Uh, Which in most cases is writing good, high quality code. Um, You should see teams being able to consistently operate, Uh, and and it's the whole you know the build and operate part of your uh, tech stack that you can focus on. Uh, And you should be you know teams should see that uniformity and take advantage of that. Um, I, I can keep talking about the benefits if you are moving people between teams. Right now, you're not moving somebody from, um, you know, A to B uh, without, you know, them having to retrain everything that they do. There's some uniformity around, you know, how you're doing observability, your monitoring tools, your build tools, your DevOps tools, your security tools, etc. So it's a lot easier to move folks from folks between teams as the work changes, as your Um, business goals uh, change etc and as you're growing as a company Um, so definitely a lot of um, benefits you know there's a lot more flexibility into what you can do and what you can you know versus what you've been restricted to in the past in terms of your um, stack etc i would say a huge improvement in the quality of the product because you've got you know these baseline processes and shared services teams that will help you Implement the right tooling around quality. Um, you should absolutely see an improvement in sort of your security posture. I know a lot of companies have um, requirements to fill uh, from a security perspective if they're dealing with the government or if they're dealing with you know, any private company. You know, I can give you some examples from, from our side before we you know, pull in any new vendor. right? We make, we make them go through a full security and risk assessment. Right. And as part of those risk assessment assessments, some of the best practices define things you've done around call it quality and security. And the way to achieve them is not by having each individual team you know, work on their own security piece, but having a centralized shared services team that's going to help you achieve and, and get those um, protocols in place, which is actually going to help you sell sell more of your business. So what I'm trying to Paint a story here. This is not just an operational efficiency. This is, this is real business value um, for software companies, tech companies, and even like, you know, non-tech companies who are uh, looking at, you know, um, selling their services, etc.
0: I guess you mentioned, you know, some some different what sounds like metrics that you're probably managing or observing. Are there any metrics that you're like, these are some key areas that you have to have to keep an eye on when it comes to you know, measuring the value of shared services or the impact of shared services?
1: Uh, that, that's a great question. I wish I had a, here's the golden rule, uh, and these are the four metrics. I think a lot of it will really depend on the type of shared services organization you set up. Um, there's, there's some great documentation out there, but I would definitely encourage folks to please look at the DORA metrics. Um, which is basically, you know, they talk about, you know, looking at your deploy frequency, looking at your change failure rates, looking at things such as um, MTTI, MTTR, MTTM, you know, your your mean mean times to investigate, uh, resolve, and mitigate your issues, among others. I think those are great metrics. I love change failure rate because that encompasses so many quality aspects in it. Uh, which are really you know hard to pinpoint down to a single area but they because they encompass a whole gamut of changes that you would have made to achieve you know positive impact to your change failure rate it's basically talks about you know how good of software releases are you doing uh, and and it all comes through some of these metrics so absolutely i would say the dora metrics uh, i believe Google was one of the pioneers, uh, or put out the original uh, thought leadership on these. Are great metrics to you know start start looking at.
0: So I guess you know a question I did want to ask you. um, You know, when it comes to shared services, feels like it's a little bit more behind the scenes. You know, they don't ship directly to the customer. You know, maybe have some less visibility in that sense. How do you help bring and celebrate the team wins? Because obviously. Seems very mission critical, and uh, not seems it is very mission critical. The role,
1: uh, great question, and it, it's a question that I can tell you every single leader in this space um, struggles with a little bit, but but also needs to get creative and smart about how they present the story. and And I often have this conversation with my leadership team, you know, my c level execs, especially folks who are not technical, to help them understand the value of shared services just because they're behind the scene. And I think uh, the best way to do that is sort of to present uh, you know, what if we did not do this scenario? Right. So when I when I take the value of shared services and I want to talk to my CFO and help them explain why we're spending, you know, X number of dollars and and number of people we have working on shared services. The way I paint the picture is to help them understand that if it wasn't a single team doing this, you would probably have to duplicate 75% of this in each and every single team. And and there's a real ROI. So let's let's take some numbers, right? Let's make this a little more concrete. Say you've got four dev teams um, who are working on different parts of product and, and releases and features. And you, you know, put a shared services team in there, say five people, right? If you didn't have that shared services team, you'd probably need you know, three people in each of those four teams duplicating the work and the efficiency that is required for the business to be successful. So just a very, very brute force math there is, if you didn't have that 5% shared services team, you'd need, you know, 12 employees in those five different product teams um, working on these things uh, in order to gain those same benefits. And I think when you start talking to non-technical leaders, you know, uh, you've got to put it in some real numbers to help them understand the ROI behind this. You know, think of it as you're building a house and, you know, you have six different plumbers coming in and six different carpenters coming in for each room because each room has a unique flavor, but you don't do that. Right. Uh, You, you bring in a single plumber who, you know, who, who does plumbing for the entire house. You bring a single carpenter who does framing for the entire house. So that's how I think of shed services as, um, as this unifying factor that if you didn't and you had to duplicate it multiple times, you'd be paying a lot more and have a huge differentiation in terms of quality, in terms of uh, expectations and outcomes coming from those. So, it all comes down to the ROI, and and I think it's it's a very valid way to look at it, right? Uh, if you didn't have that ROI, why would you invest in shared services teams?
0: Absolutely, that makes sense. I I, I like the examples and the analogies. I think it uh, it makes you feel more real as to the uh, you know, how, how that ROI needs to be viewed and how it's spread across you know um, the organization slightly differently than than what a tech leader might be thinking. Yeah, I know you mentioned um when we were talking before, you know, the other area. Obviously, if you don't have shared services, you 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 walked us through that and some of the challenges, some of the you know, what to watch for, some of how to do it. The flip side is when you actually have to go through and bring another company on, whether it's a merger or acquisition, there's various different factors based on where they're at 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 the stage of their development of that organization, um and how you actually will view shared services in that environment. So I guess maybe a a good starting point would be is, you know, if you're going through a merger acquisition and you do have a shared services team and you're looking at the other company and you're going to have to start determining their maturity and what, uh, you know, where they're at, what what are some of the things that you need to, you would be starting to do as part of your due diligence of, of getting ready to, you know, build that common shared services across to you know, a new entity?
1: Sure. Uh, thanks, Amir. I've, I've had the pleasure of, you know, being on both sides of this conversation, right? And uh, with in, in my past with companies that are acquiring other companies, as well as being on the other side where uh, one of my previous companies where I was working at was in the process of being acquired. So I've seen um, the scenario from both sides play out. I think as, as a acquirer, um, I definitely value if the company we're looking at has a shared services platform, because now you've got a homogeneity to the platform that you're looking at, right? And typically when a company acquires another company, you know, there's, there's multiple layers of integrations they'll look at, you know, they'll, they'll generally start at the boundary. So, you know, imagine this, you've, you've got a. You've got the rings of Saturn, the outermost ring that you want to conquer first is uh, things on the periphery, things like your CDNs, your core infrastructure, which clouds are you running on. Now, once you've consolidated or you think this is a great place for us to work together, you then step in uh, to the next ring, which I like to call the shared Services Engineering Ring or the Platform Engineering Ring. Like, do you have a platform that's easily consolidatable? Do you have tools and technologies and processes in place that would go well uh, with the new company or after the company's merge? And and those are some of the things that very often um, companies take for granted, right? But, But they don't incorporate the fact that moving products between platforms and moving products between tech stacks is extremely hard and expensive. It's doable. But, you know, it's probably not a great ROI if you're if you're buying a company and, and you want to have a quick turnaround there. So I would be very careful when you're doing due diligence. Make sure that it's got, you know, it's my, my, my mantra around these things is the four P's. You know, it's, it's got the right people in place. It's got the right uh, process in place. It's got the right um, product in place. And you've got the right plans to integrate these things. So that's typically how I like to think about these things. But it's it's really important because if you don't have a, a shared services platform, right, your integration costs will be multiple X. Because now instead of integrating with one company, you will need to integrate with three product teams or four different product teams. So your integration costs could be 3x, 4x if you're coming in from an MA versus a team that has a shared services engineering. And now you know, oh, okay, everything that runs for this company is running on this single platform. So I need to integrate with this platform. So real costs, you know, real outcomes in terms of, you know, is this MA worth it? Is it, you know, gonna give us the cost benefits or the product benefits that we need to, etc.
0: It sounds like a lot of uh, short-term gain, you know, a short-term pain and, and and a lot of long-term Benefits, because because obviously, as you're trying to figure out some of these things, it's it seems, it sounds pretty daunting. Like it seems like you have to, you know, pull pull a lot of strings to figure out all the right areas. But everything you're telling me sounds like it's it's going to pay off once it's in place and once, you know, whether you're going to stay whatever size, you're going to get acquired, you're going to be an acquirer. There's a host of benefits. So I guess from from that standpoint, when you're looking at that short term component. Versus the long term, and you're talking to, you know, business, and you're trying to, you know, for for your budget and your funding for your team. How do you position that balance? Uh,
1: great question, and and I think that's probably a little bit of a fallacy that we got to make sure we don't fall into. Right? The 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 wrong way or the bad way of organizing shared services engineering is if you're going to try to boil the ocean, uh, and, and very often people fall for that because. There's this really nice shiny end goal three years out, and we all know. Everybody in the tech industry knows that you know multi-year projects like those have very small percentage of success. the success ratios are ridiculously small. There, so your goal has to be, you know, what can I gain efficiency on in a quarter? Right, um, I mean a lot of agile principles also talk about these things, but your your goal absolutely has to be. You know, what value add can I provide quarter after quarter? And that's about it. And even if you focus on just the first quarter, I think you'll have success there because you want to iterate slowly on these things, right? Um, You don't want to build a shared services engineering team that will support a 10,000-person organization five years down the line if you're a 300-person startup today, right? You're going to invest in the wrong areas. You're going to build for the wrong reasons so you've got to focus on today's problems make small investments i you know i've seen teams carve out you know you know one individual from you know three different teams and and bring them into a virtual team as a beginning to a shared services organization and i think that's a fantastic way of doing it take baby steps you know bring a few people some thought leaders um you know some of your key architects who know where the platform's going and what is really needed, and and just build upon that. So it doesn't have to be a huge investment. As a matter of fact, I would probably take a stance and and go the other way and tell people, no, if if somebody is asking you to make a huge investment up front and the benefits are going to be 12, 18 months down the line and nothing before that, you probably should reevaluate uh, what you're doing there. So small steps, look at a quarter. You should absolutely have significant ROIs as a matter of fact, like when you're early in the process, you've got a lot of low hanging fruit, so you should be able to get really good benefits right up front by investing in in you know dedicated or even a, a small virtual shared services team.
0: I like that a lot i think um I think the payoff has to has to be sooner, otherwise people lose patience, lose priority, um, business changes. And I was going to actually, you know, ask you about that. And, um, you know, as the business does change and evolve and, and you're, you're watching your services team, how are you adjusting your roadmap? How are you keeping up and making sure that you're supporting the growth of the business in the right direction?
1: I mean, there's one certainty, right? I know it's a super cliché term that, you know, change is the only thing that's constant. But listen, the business environment changes, right? Um, did any of us predict COVID and prepare for that before it hit us? Absolutely not. Uh, and it doesn't matter which industry you are in. Even some of the most conservative industries will have a lot of change. Uh, I think the key is to have sort of the right balance in place. And by balance, I mean, yes, you have your longer term goals. Uh, but you have to make sure that you're making, you know, what we call one-way decisions very carefully around those and, and you know, providing the ability to be nimble around it. You know, I always tell sort of my engineers, right, you know, let's be nimble, let's be smart, let's, you know, if you can push out a decision to the last responsible moment, that's a great way of doing it. Uh, and I think that really pays dividends in a world where your business environment's changing your requirements will change and and as much as technologists we would love for our requirements and ask to be standard and and non-moving the reality is you know there's a higher chance they're going to change on you than than not so you know staying nimble and again you know just small increments right don't don't aim for the moon you know if if you're going to build a, a spaceship right you know do it in bits and pieces so if uh, you can adjust and adapt. And, and, you know, I mean, I can go on a whole thing about sort of being agile and, and using agile methodologies, but I think that will take us from where we are. Uh, but but it's true, right? I, I really vouch for that, you know, small incremental changes, get good constant feedback from um, your users. And one of the, a really interesting trend that has come about in the last couple of years in shared services and platform engineering has been, heavy investment into technical product managers, right? So somebody who can be the voice of the business, the voice of your customer, be it internal customer, uh, to help you refine what you need, when you need, where your priorities are. And and this is something that has not existed uh, for many, many years. I mean, back in the days, shared services engineering team were like, yeah, this is not an external customer-facing team. You don't need product managers here. But that mindset has changed, and I, I've really seen that change in the last couple of years only, and it's paid fantastic dividends. So I would say, if you have the ability to invest in a technical product manager to support your shared service engineering team, you're increasing the chance of success drastically for your team.
0: I think that's that's fantastic. Um, I, I was going to ask you. Obviously, you've been you've been doing this for a while. Technology is evolving; it's changing over the last, let's say two, five years, you know, however long back, uh, have you seen some distinct shifts? Have you seen some changes to how you should view shared services based on your learned experiences and, and I guess how technology is iterating and, and, and shifting as well?
1: Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, the biggest change has been around cloud and cloud adoption. And I want to talk a little bit about sort of the impact that has had, right? I would say shared services has gone from being a purely cost center to a business accelerator. And I can give you examples. You know, We have teams internally that are looking at using AWS services that are going to help us deliver products and deliver new products to our customers. Uh, so this is absolutely uh, a business distinction, something that We never thought about years ago when everything was, you know, on-prem infrastructure. That's something that I'm super excited about because now I can pitch to my stakeholders that, hey, this is not just a cost investment around productivity and security and speed and flexibility, but this could also be a business differentiator that will allow you to deliver customers features that you wouldn't have been able to in the past. And, And yeah, I think by far that's been sort of the biggest you know macro level change in how uh, we are viewing you know shared services and platform engineering across the board
0: yeah it's quite interesting i think um, the business accelerator component you mentioned and and we were talking about roi you're talking about short short win you know short term wins and you know keep keep the quarter by quarter view moving it's interesting because how how mission critical the cloud is and this, what sits on shared services to me seems distinctly mission critical. And th- th- it almost seems that that anything that's being viewed on the roadmap should be dotted line back to shared services to make sure it's going to be ready. It's going to have the ability to, to manage, support all those different components because building the X widget now is, is only a small part of the process
1: it absolutely is and i think we we often make mistakes in realizing you know how big of these dependencies are how important they are and how they could make uh, the difference between you know uh, releasing a product in a short order versus it being a you know multi quarter effort um, and, and that's something i think business leaders have have now started accepting and realizing is is the reality of things so just investing in those teams, investing in, in the right processes, making sure you you're, you know from a cultural perspective you've built in um, uh, the right gates and expectations is is equally important in those terms.
0: Harish, awesome man I, I appreciate you being on the show um, sharing your 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 views, your experiences. I think it's been fantastic. Um, I'd like to wrap up by asking uh, each guest. If, if they could ask the next guest to cover a topic for them or or, or cover a question that they may have what, what would you like to hear more about
1: uh, sure, absolutely uh, I, mean, I would love to hear from you know fellow technologists, fellow leaders around you know diversity and you know how, how do they you know make conscious efforts in an industry like ours which is very heavily I would say it's very non-diverse. So there's a lot of traditionally marginalized groups that um, we could we could do more work with in terms of getting better representation into our teams. And I would say Shed services is probably a bigger culprit um, in the subsector of engineering uh, and and technical teams. I would love for a future guest to come talk about that.
0: Awesome. That's 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 a great topic because uh, I think we we always need to be making sure we're covering that. What's a good way of getting a hold of if if somebody wants to, you know, just reach out, pick your brain on anything you've mentioned on the podcast? What's a good way of doing that?
1: Absolutely. So uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, uh, Harish Parwani, H-A-R-I-S-H-P-A-R-W-A-N-I. Please feel free to reach out. Just drop in a line saying um, you heard me talk at the podcast, uh, you know, and I'll be more than happy to connect with you. Uh, my emails, my first name, last name at Gmail, uh, but definitely LinkedIn, I would say, is, is a better place. And I you know look forward to uh, chatting with uh, whoever reaches out.
0: Awesome, man. Thanks again for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Amir.